Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and today I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Well, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. Today, we've got Season 2, Episode 7, A Man Without Honor. Written by D&D, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, and directed by The Nut Man, David Nutter. Uh, ah, man, you know, it's just nice that we're at the uh, the last tail end of the season, because that's it's always when Game of Thrones is at its best. If you're in the uh, last half of the season, you're in for a treat. When and, it hits uh, its stride, buddy, it hits its fucking stride. Like, wow. These... I'm like... I don't think I realized how great of a like because the first half of season two was good and I enjoyed it, but I really think the back half of season two might be some of the best episodes of Thrones we ever got. Like, uh, Ooh, yeah, I'm These watching this floored like by how memorable scenes. I mean, yeah. I I'm and I don't know if it's just the memories coming back to me of like me just watching it before as you're watching it. Yeah. But like, I really feel like these scenes I could pick out and tell you like lines before I watch right, them. Like, right. Like, um, I don't know, Jamie talking to, um, the other Lannister guy. And then, you know, the one he eventually kills, you know, and whatever, like that conversation when he's like, Oh my God, I, I could picture the, the sun, the rake. Like, I, I don't know why I remembered that specific conversation, but I did. And it's like these. You'll have to do one thing. Oh, you'll have to die. Goddamn. And that's the thing. Like, nothing huge happens this episode, really. I'd say the biggest event, the biggest thing might be the killing of the 13. I Like, honestly, like, I don't like of a bigger no, nothing really big. It was just all just kind of let's pop in and out um, into places. Well, I guess Bran and Rickon are dead, but you know, yeah, that was. Uh, but um, well, what's funny is I didn't re- I didn't remember that. That's really ambiguous. Yeah, like as of uh, right now, we are to be believed that Bran yeah, and first, Rickon your are first gone. viewing. You're supposed to think, oh God, he just burnt. Bran and Rickon alive. Maester Lewin's uh, reaction? Yeah, it was like it out like he truly believed it too, because like the wall like or not walnuts. Well were I they think, walnuts? I thought they were walnuts. Maybe, Maybe they were. Know. Yeah, walnuts. By the way, it's Hodor cracking like, them by sh- hand. Holy fuck. Um Hodor, and, few Hodors this week. What was it, yeah. three? Two I th- maybe or maybe I missed one. I counted two, but maybe I did miss one. Mm-hmm. Um, at least from Hodor himself. Maybe I did. I don't know. Was no, it three? no. I think you're right. I think it was just two. It was in the scene where they're walking away, like in the field, right? And he's like, mm-hmm. Hodor. Yeah, it's Hodor. just yeah. And he 
Like he cracks a nut for for Rick on. Like yeah. literally, he gets a walnut and he just goes just with his hands, which is like that's kind of I don't know. I've never. I don't think that's really humanly possible. Like you have to have a nut. Like if you can it's do not, that, that's it's pretty certainly not freaking. easy. It's certainly yeah. not easy. I guess okay, fair. He just did it like it was like you know like he, he was, squished like, it like it was, was nut cracker. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe there was another one. But I I counted two. I guess I put two in there. Um, I up to, whenever I hear a Hodor, I immediately go to the list and I start oh, tallying. Yeah. You um, keep it okay. I trust so, you with the count. Then. So, I trust uh, you with the count. But but yeah, I don't know. That was it was it was definitely led you to believe like we saw them eating those walnuts. The right Theon's right hand guy, yeah. I don't know his name, picks it Dagma. up. And he's like, "All right, tell him to go back to the castle. Tell him to go back home. We can finish this." Um, I like that he has like kind of like a really deep voice that's kind of hard to understand unless you have subtitles on. Yeah. I think we have what we need. You're right. I, I this I have to watch. I watch everything in subtitles, but this show it's almost required. You almost have to, with all the different accents, and, uh, well, there's also the fact that I remember the first time I watched this, this show might have been what made me have to watch things with subtitles. Yeah. Uh, Because I, uh, I also needed help remembering who everyone fucking was, and it helps whenever they show, like, this person says the line, you know, like, that's, uh, that is huge. It's helpful, but, uh. Yeah, the first time you watch this, this shit's hard to follow. But uh, if you would, let's uh, let's begin. If you're down, a little scene by scene, location by location. We will actually start where this episode finishes at Winterfell, which is a rarity as far as these breakdowns are concerned. Usually, the last place is where mm-hmm. the episode ended. But here we are at Winterfell, uh, now held by the Ironborn. Theon Greyjoy awakens to find that Osha is gone. And that she has escaped with Hodor, Bran Stark, Rickon, and their dire wolves. And he's like, uh, all right, so, uh, you let a cripple escape in the night past you. Really? He had the giant with him. The giant. Hodor. Oh yeah. What a fucking mastermind Hodor is. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was with them? Oh yeah. Osha. Oh yeah. The girl that you were fucking last night, Theon. Like they were yeah. like, Theon is just losing right now. I mean, what? after after that beheading, you know, everyone saw that and they're like, "Fuck, okay, this dude sucks." Now, am, am I reading it wrong that Dagmer admires is is admiring who he's becoming in some way? Like whenever he swings on this guy and just beats the living shit mm-hmm. out of him, and then he walks away and he like smiles at him and he's like, "Yeah, now you're becoming Ironborn," you know, like like uh. I don't know. Yeah, that's like one step in the right direction, but every other thing he's fucked up brutally. You know, uh I like there's just no yeah, way right. I'd he have any respect. Of, yeah, he is kind of admiring him for I guess maybe it's just the principle of what he's doing, you know, he is finally taking what he wants and just This doing, for the Ironborn is like know? whenever Rob was like and give these terms to Cersei Lannister, we will, <laughs> you know, the Ironborn yeah, I guess, like, yeah, my prince. I guess if you're an Ironborn, I could see how it would be. It would be cool to watch, uh, like an initiate go through the you know the early stages of power hunger that you feel whenever because uh, you just start to take what you want, whatever. I right, guess. Right. You know? Um, I don't know. I 
I don't see it. You know, I I think at this point he should still be like you're the you're still a pussy in my mind, and you're not even close to Ironborn yet. You know, <laughs> yeah, even after taking this it, like Winterfell. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's that is weird. I didn't think about it that way, but he did beat the shit out of that dude. Oh, he beat the fuck out of him. He really beat his ass, and uh, he never even had a chance to hit back. That was just kind of it. He just beat his ass, and uh, after that, they go on a hunt on horseback to hunt down the boys uh, with the hounds, and you know, Theon gives Lewin shit. He's like, oh, you haven't been on a hunt before. How's how's the hunting? He's like, well, so far, so good. Hunting doesn't seem to be much different than riding. He's like, we're not finding shit, you little pussy. I like that he he, he finds a way to say things without directly insulting him. Yeah, um, by just telling the hard truth. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's what he did. He has to give him counsel. He's giving him counsel, you know. That's his duty. One thing has uh, a lot to, seems a lot like writing. And Theon, like the way his face goes from a smile to like a scowl, and he's like, I'm mad. I'm Theon. I'm a bitch. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they end up finding their way to the shepherd's farm. Uh, but the farmer says that he hasn't seen anyone. And uh, Dagmar finds some walnut shells, so they know that Bran and Rickon were there. Uh, but the hounds can't get the scent. And Theon tells them the hunt is over and to return Maester Lewin to Winterfell. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so after that, you know, he returns to Winterfell, gives a big-ass speech about how uh, this is what happens when you're not loyal to your lord. And, uh, yeah, I, I burnt children black. They are destroyed. Brandon Rickon are dead. Maester Lewin, cr- like that was some fucking delivery there by the actor who yeah. plays Maester Lewin. Uh, the way he screams "no" is pretty incredible. Um, I mean, I guess I first watch, I definitely thought Brandon. No, one hundred percent. Like, yeah, like there's in in my mind, I had no idea where Brand was going. I Rick, I was probably more intrigued by Rickon, honestly. Like, cause I don't know, he's just this weird kid that uh, says weird stuff at weird moments. I don't know, like, and then yeah, I see two burnt kids and Maester Lewin say no. Like, yeah, I'm fully in that they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it then is just... also the way that Theon looks after he presents the kids' bodies, uh, very clearly a person who, again, doesn't want to be doing what they're doing, but for some fucking reason can't stop doing what he's doing. Uh, what a fucking cunt. This guy's a uh, dick. Uh, well, I don't know. We get into that concept or that kind of line of thought with, with John. I don't know. It, it might be my favorite line over the infamous, you know, nothing, Jon Snow, which can't, you know, that came this episode. So that it, to top that line is going to be, is going to be hard. Um, but I think there might be a line that Egrid said that was even better, but mm. um, jumping ahead i guess but it is it it involves that concept of just like why the fuck are you doing what you're doing yeah you know like um but i don't know this like that's the thing this episode that is whole interaction so later he's like uh I'm, she's like i might be your prisoner but i'm a free woman and he's like you're not a free woman that is what prisoner means, means. <laughs> oh dude them, them two were perfect this episode they were oh my god that like having that valentine's day episode and having them like 
I think I had I had them in mind, right? We did. It, was that the couple that we both had, or maybe you we had? We both them. had Bill and Frank. I had John and Egret. That's I think right. I think I might have John had. and Egret, mm-hmm. and then nixed them for someone. That's else. That's right. That's right. But man, they definitely deserve to be on there because even just this one episode here of like it's so fucking. Oh, cute. dude, they're amazing. Um, cool. they're so good. Wet, but uh, <laughs> oh me, oh me, Lord. No, I love I and... love that shit. It's outstanding, but. Uh, aside from one little scene between uh the gang that's running away from Winterfell, mm. where they're basically like, "Yeah, we can't go there, but maybe we will." We're really ambiguous, so that you think we might die here in a little bit. Uh, that's that's just kind of what happens after that. And that's another thing. Why didn't I consider the first time I watched this what happened to Hodor or Osha? You know. Oh shoot! You're right. I feel like that's kind of a little tell-all to the people who are actually watching that, like, this probably isn't Bran or Rickon because Osha and Hodor... You're not thinking about that, though. No, you're not. At the end of the you're episode, not. you're like, oh my god, Bran and Rickon are dead. You're like, holy fuck, he killed them. Dead. Next episode. They're or, like, dead. I guess if you have they're a week alive, to think about it, though. Dead. That's the thing. If you're watching this as it comes out, you have a week to think about it. You might actually be like, wait a minute, they were with Osha. I don't know, that... I don't know. It depends on how hard you're you're really looking into the show, but uh, but man, yeah, it's Dion, man. I, it's it's just sad. It's sad to see to see this. But he does say it's like it's all just a game to Maester Lewin, you know. Um, and Maester Lewin's very upset, and he's like, "Well, goddamn, you're you're just playing with life, you, you know, little whatever. dick. Um, you're a little, you're a little asshole." I I mean, in this world. With the way it's going right now, it is a game. The it, it war is afoot, you know. And if you want to strike your best chance for power, it's the time to do it, I mm. guess, you know. And but man, I don't know to yeah. betray your family, your family that, that, that know, brought you. I don't up. know, man. You're a little bit of a dick. You're a dick to me. I, I uh, can't wait for Reek now. So we'll get there later. But yeah, but. Before long, can't be long now. Mm. Uh, is but how soon is Reek? Th- season three. This happens. That happens next season. That he starts okay. getting tortured. Um, okay, thank- okay that's because good. Ramsay was just sent with his men to Winterfell. That's right. Yeah. Oh my god. So I think that happens before the end of season two that he gets taken, and then we kind of leave it with him being a prisoner, not really knowing the full implications mm. of it. Okay. Uh, Sick. Sick, sick, but it does take us to Heron Hall, where Tywin is discussing the assassination of Amory Lorch and how it was apparently an attempted assassination on him uh, with Sir Gregor Clegane. And he uh, he's like, so uh, I don't care how many men you hang. You can hang them all for all I fucking care. Uh, do what you usually do. Go ahead and burn villages. Keep asking questions. Uh, this is the kind of insight we got to uh, Gregor. Yes, he's a monster. Because he's willing to do these things. Uh, but apparently Tywin has been ordering him to do such terrible things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he said, show him what it means to choose the wrong side. Yeah, it's pretty... That's, uh, damn. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this this right here is my favorite scene um, of the episode. Mm-hmm. I think this the interaction between Tywin and Arya specifically. But, like, I think Tywin... I, I didn't appreciate Tywin before, I guess. 
uh, just because he was always like he's, he's the land he's not he's, he's leading the lannister army and i'm like i don't give a fuck about the lannisters but now that i can like take myself out of the show and be like okay oh, let dude, me just i love it oh my god him talking to I can't Arya. say i can't say that i've ever met a literate stonemason have you met many stonemasons my lord dude they were going at each other so good he's here. like careful yeah i enjoy you girl but be fucking oh, careful. Oh, dude. And, and you know, he, he starts to monologue. He's like, do you know what legacy is? Do you know what legacy means? You know, he turns and away. She's and she's just like, what if I stabbed you in the looking, fucking throat? Yeah, right he's, he's looking right. At, I mean, she's looking just right at his neck. I added, on the kill list, I put thought about Tywin. Um, I think it's fair. Uh, she didn't kill Tywin, but she thought about it. She thought about killing Tywin right here. Um, I don't know, but it was it was really amazing because the the things that he was saying right before was like um this will be the war that I'll be remembered for um they're calling it the war of the five kings and uh it's it's the legacy that I'll leave behind to my children and it, at the, at the whole time it's just showing his neck and like Arya just thinking about killing him it's like oh I could have you know what if um it ended right here mm. but i don't there's part of me that is like there's no shot that Tywin knows this is Arya because if he did, 100% he takes her because it's for the war and obviously having Arya is strategic. No, yeah, that's but what's kind of bewildering to me about this. There's part of me that actually believes a little bit that he knows that it's Arya and he's like, this is my last war. The legacy that he is leaving behind is that like, He's not like he doesn't want to fuck with the families. Actually, you know, he's mm -hmm. like, let's just get this over. I'll do the war stuff. I'll I'll send all the soldiers and everything. But all this, I don't know family bullshit. Like I don't know because like he is he is responsible. Not him directly, but he is responsible for Arya's father's death. You know, Arya no longer has a father, and Tywin is like teaching her lessons as. He would teach his kids, not how Ned would teach, but like he's legitimately like, I don't know if that's just what Tywin does because he's just that kind of guy. But like, I don't know. Um, there is like, it, it, it is just a, the smallest little, I don't think it's actually happening at all because if no, he knew, yeah. uh, instantly he'd be like, that's what's interesting on Tywin's part is that he does clearly know that she's highborn. You know, if you're going to pose as a commoner, at least do it right. Uh, and he, and she's like, well, my mom worked as a handmaiden. She taught me how to speak proper, properly. Uh, that's the thing is that like, he was already a little suspicious or like he knew it was a girl and like girl immediately before anyone. And then like mm -hmm. the interaction with Littlefinger after that, Tywin puts something to like, I don't know. That's the thing is that like Tywin's not dumb. He's also very smart. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I think it's not out there that he doesn't know completely. No, yeah, and that's my thing is that like while I like the idea that he does know it's Arya and he's showing some sort of weird sense of mercy, it's the fact for me that he orchestrates the fucking red wedding in a season that takes out the Stark family. Um I don't think he has concerns like preserving their family. I think he he would mm -hmm. like to end their line this if he could. True. Uh, Arya is probably the most important out of that family, though. 
Yeah, true, true. He yeah, doesn't but, know that though. So yeah, no. you're right. Fuck Tywin. At the end of the day, um, he did. No, yeah. There's also the uh, the possibility that like I don't think he knows Arya is Arya, um, but she's going by Airy. Like you think he'd put something together. That's what I'm saying. Is that like th- there are so many clues there after Littlefinger's suspicious after like. Highborn after like she slips up a little bit, he's like, ah, you know, this is a little weird. She see he got her to eat in front of him because he wanted to see if she knew how, how to hold eat. silverware. Yeah. He didn't say anything, but that's why he did that. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's he's testing her. But why? Why would he be doing that? Like, is it just because he enjoys her company? Is that was that truly it? I don't know. I like that's why I'm it's weird. It, it there's something there that I I didn't notice before, um, and I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, he definitely their 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 relationship is an interesting one, uh, and it's kind of it's almost I I'm almost sad that we don't get to see it more after they leave Harrenhal. Like the fact that this is it, they never interact again after they go their separate ways. Like that's kind a little of cannon break. Unless dragons come to Harrenhal after they were, they were heavily implying that it happened before House of the Dragon that this got burnt down by Aegon. Um, unless they rebuilt. That's a hard. Then, that's a hard. No. Hard. Yeah. Like retcon. Like that's a. So we we have to go. They believed. That it was dragons because that's probably the only thing you could believe that it was at that time, you know. And like maybe it's just the they're hyping up the story of Aegon because in this time, this that's how many years after that's that's a long time. They don't fucking know if it was really right. dragons. We know it wasn't. Or my only least... other thought is maybe it was burnt down by a dragon. It was rebuilt shittily. And you were, and they were therein able to destroy it a lot easier with just regular fire, um, instead okay. of dragon fire, because that's uh, what everyone said. Ooh. Like, how does dragon fire melt stone? You know, like uh, maybe it was already destroyed, and then because it was also a pretty focused attack that uh, yeah. Laris used, because only two people fucking died, and they were his well. Dead. The whole uh, thing about Harrenhal is that you just couldn't get in. You could send a million men, but no way you're getting in. So it's like, but one, he, like, Laris, Laris, Laris was in the inside. He was already inside. And what, yeah. I feel like once you're inside, that's it. So I feel like he yeah, could have been the one who destroyed like, it at first. Uh, the fucking, I feel like, like, the thing that keeps fucking me up about this part is that the very beginning of House of the Dragon, where they're all meeting to do, like, the, who should be the next king? He doesn't have an. That's at Heron Hall. Like, I don't think you have that meeting at some burnt to shit, destroyed building. You know, like I. Wait. Yeah. No. Okay. So Heron Hall was good. Laris was the first I, to I destroy so. Heron Hall. I think a dragon, if a dragon interacted with Heron Hall at all, it was after Laris. Okay. Because dragons are still. I they're still a thing, mm-hmm. you know. Oh no, yeah, for sure. That's like, where my money's at. It's just one of those history things where they don't know mm-hmm. for sure. They're just like, well, it would make sense. Aegon yeah. came over, took out the king who held Harrenhal, and like that—that that would make sense. Uh, and wiped out his whole. I mean, yeah, because 
Laris' history is gone. It's only him now. Mm-hmm. His history's gone. There's a reason they don't know it. Yeah. Why, like, the... Is that... Do they mention... He mentioned someone who held Karen Hall. The like Tywin yeah, did. It was a, it was a king before Aegon's conquest. Oh, so it was that not Aegon? Yeah, because okay. okay, before okay, okay. before Aegon's conquest, the seven kingdoms were truly seven separate kingdoms. They were not they were not a yeah. unified nation. Okay. Okay. There were seven different kings and seven different parts of the of Westeros. Okay. Uh, and that I mean, guy happened to be one of them. Uh, that's King the Heron. thing. We Heron, his name was Heron the Black. Ah, that makes sense. Heron. And then oh, and then the Blacks continue. Okay, yeah. Okay, I see now. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah, but uh, that was just a nice little brief scene. That was a very good mm-hmm. scene as well. So that was a that was a solid one to choose for your favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I almost went with Arya for my favorite character, uh, and I ended up. You know, it was. It just wasn't enough. You know, there was. There was a lot. There was a lot of good in this episode, uh, and uh, she was damn good, but not not quite there. Uh, but we then go to King's Landing, where Sansa comes to thank Sandor Clegane for saving her life during the recent riot, and he's like, uh, "I'm going to scare the shit out of her." Um, I like killing. Killing's the yeah. sweetest thing there is. And if your dad said anything else, he fucking lied. Um, <laughs> And she's like, why are you so hateful? And he's like, oh, you'll be thankful for how hateful I am. Once I'm the only thing standing between you and that fucking king you love so much. I mean, he's brutal, but man, I, it's it's his way of showing that he care. I don't know. It's like this is the nicest he could be right now, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, <laughs> but man, uh, I don't know. He's so poetic, though. He always speaks in, like, a dog or a hound doesn't need uh, to, I don't know, the first thing he said was was something poetic, you know? Yeah, you were so brave. The hound, uh, a dog doesn't need to be brave to uh, fight off rats. Yeah, 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 something like that. Oh, man, but. That was a great line as well, almost went with that. But, uh, yeah, it was a nice little quick scene, and I I really enjoyed it. A little key insight into the hound, but, uh. After that, Sansa awakens in bed from a nightmare where instead of the hound coming to save her, she was stabbed and killed. Uh, and she wakes up to find the sheets covered in blood because she's had her first period. And, uh, she's like, Oh fuck, I'm gonna have to marry Joffrey and have his babies. She tries to cut the piece out of the mattress. Shay comes in. This is the old, this is one of the only scenes ever where I'm like, man, I like Shay. Mm. This is real as fuck. She walks in, sees it, and is like, Let's flip this son of a bit, son of a bitch over, okay? Uh, let's go. Uh, a, a chick walks in. I love the little stare down they all have. Yeah, the little second of silence. You know, yeah, they, they are like, oh, Sansa fuck. doesn't like react. She just kind of stands there and like looks at Shay, like, and she's like, what you, are what are you, you gonna might, go do? <laughs> do you think <laughs> we might be able to explain our way out yeah. of this? <laughs> no. Does Shay literally say like, what are you gonna do? Or like, oh no, she 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 just walks away. They don't she say just anything. Walks away. She just, then yeah. she goes over to her, That's puts right. a knife to her throat, and goes, "What?" Or she goes, "What are you going to do?" As she's walking away, and she goes, "I'm going to tell the queen." And then she puts a knife to her throat and says, "You won't tell anybody shit." Oh, the fuck, you're not. Uh, yeah. Not not luckily enough, Sandor comes in uh, at the commotion and is like, "Ah," and the way he's standing there, kind of somberly, he's like, "Fuck," like I didn't. Uh, Damn it. I really wish I didn't 
fuck. You can tell he's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to do this. This I isn't got... what I want to do. Uh, yeah. yeah, but he has to tell someone, and that's when she, uh, Sansa goes and talks to the queen. Uh, which this scene is what made this was the first part of two scenes that made me go, Yes, yeah, Cersei's my favorite character of the episode mm. because this is the most caring she ever gets. This episode, he like, just lost a daughter, both Marcella, scenes off to Dorne. Mm-hmm. This is the nicest she's ever been to Sansa because she knows, like, she lost a daughter, so she's like, okay, it's kind of nice to have a daughter to talk to. Let me tell all of my shitty Robert love stories to someone. And also, um, I know that from this moment on, her life is... Fucked. Yeah, it's not going to be good. No, um, it's, so the, it, it's the most caring and understanding Cersei ever is in the, like, truly... We don't get a scene with Cersei in this episode that she is a bitch. She's she's a You're good right. she's a good chick in this episode, and uh, I had to I had to go with her for that reason because mm. she is just a she's a queen who's doing her duty. Obviously, she she's not she's been evil as fuck. It's not like she stopped being evil. No, like, but this is the closest she can be to being a good guy, and uh, tries to comfort her and saying, you know. uh, the more people you love, the weaker you are. Uh, you know, she Sansa asks, "Should I try? Shouldn't I try to love Joffrey?" And Cersei's like, "Yeah, you can try. Damn. You won't. You won't. But you can try." Uh, and I, it's just such a clarity of you know she lost Marcella, mm. and she's like, "I still have Tom, and thank fucking God." Yeah, because Joffrey's a piece of shit. Like to be Cersei's out now. Yeah. Like to be Cersei Lannister and go, oh, that's a piece of shit. You realize how terrible that person has to be for Cersei to recognize that you're a piece of shit. Like, and her kid, and her kid. She's that's... like, I love him, I love him to death, but holy fuck, does he suck? I can't help him. I've tried. I can't do anything hey, to make him see reason. Tyrion lets her know. It's like, hey, you beat the odds. Oh, uh, you know. And then we go to <laughs> like, my favorite scene. So between... it's oh, they're so good, man. They're You're chemistry. right, Cersei. Holy shit, you are right. Cersei killed this episode. Yeah, and then this scene is why Lena Headey gets my performance nod, and this scene is my favorite scene of the episode like she dominated this episode for me uh whenever she goes to meet with Tyrion, because again she goes there looking for someone to talk to she's she's oh she doesn't have jamie she doesn't have jamie marcella yeah she doesn't have her father she doesn't have anyone right now she has joffrey and tommen yeah she's like uh and she does she obviously she's not good with Tyrion. they're they still always fucking hate each other and so she jives at him a little bit, you know, like, uh, oh, is that what you you send him whores to torture? And he's like, I really thought that would like, help. Yeah, I, I, I fucked up there. That's on, ah, that's on me, man. Uh, and, but then that's when she gets vulnerable and she's like, yeah, like, for real, I appreciate, like, it's almost like I appreciate you trying, but you got to know there's none of that. That won't happen with him. He's fucked. And I can't help but think it's my mine and Jamie's fault. And then this is the scene where it's like, for sure, Tyrion always knew this is just a little confirmation. Like whenever, uh, whenever she goes like, uh, 
he looks like Jamie. She goes, he looks like Jamie. And Tyrion, like, <laughs> he just kind of sits there like, oh, are we about to talk about this? From a certain <laughs> light. She goes, from a certain light. That's how she continues. Yeah. Like, he looks yeah. so much like Jamie. From a certain light. Like, she paused, like, it, yeah, and I don't know. Shit, fuck. Um, and then she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I can tell you this. You're not going to tell anybody. Uh, and that's that's what's cool. Like, they hate each other, but even so, they're family, and she knows he she can trust mm-hmm. him with information like that because yeah. if if he doesn't love her, he does love Jamie, and she knows that. You know, like, that's that's what's cool about their relationship is that's what they know they have in common. Yeah. Is that they love Jamie. They love Jamie. Um, One's love is a little... It's different. different. It's different, obviously. Um, but uh, but it, it's still there. No, I, I understand. But that's why Cersei can confide in Tyrion. If Tyrion hated Jamie, she would never talk to him about shit. Mm. You know, like, uh, it's because he loves him and she loves him that she can find some common ground to be able to get vulnerable and talk to Tyrion about it. And, and I really uh, thought they were going to, like hold hands or something at the end there but not actually actually making it awkward and making it just them standing there so is way better better so way much better. better like and like again they don't I do that with, yeah i almost went with peter dinklage because of the opposite uh, side of the performance but it's the way like lena and Lannisters. fucked this episode they dominated shit. they were the yeah. shit i win tyrion Cersei and Jamie all fucking destroyed. And the one who died. Alton, Poor yeah. guy. Poor Alton. little dude. Yeah. Damn. Poor little dude. Best day of his life was when he squired <laughs> fucking ten years ago. Hey, I mean, this is probably the second best day of his life, being chained up with Jamie, and he'll remember it as, as remembering it. In... No. But, uh, oh, no. no. Uh, is his mom uh, the fat one? No, nah, you know. You know. Uh, that's the thing. He, he was like at first... Okay, I guess we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we are now in the Westerlands. That is the next oh, okay. place the story cool. takes us. Uh, we're at King Rob Stark's army. Uh, cl- they're close to an unidentified keep in Alton. Returns as an envoy, giving Queen Cersei's response, and he's a little, you know, hesitant. And Rob's like, hey, man, if, uh, if we all hanged for what our distant relatives did, no one would be left. So, and he's Man, like, Rob okay, is just yeah. the coolest king oh ever. he is such a good guy every he single thing that guy. comes up it's just like man you are just right you've you been right every time you, you like, just get it and, uh, uh, and like not from a and clearly his men are already turning on him a little bit but uh mm-hmm. from like a just decency standpoint he's yeah. right and just wanting to be a person he's right uh but at this time at this he was just ahead of his time you know yeah should should have been a ruler yeah yep. And, and maybe a little, a little distracted little by love a little bit, you know, hey, but ain't nothing wrong a little bit, but that. it helps, but it's helping nope. his cause yeah. right now. Um, definitely. Uh, but I can see how his men might see that as a weakness, mm. yeah, you know, right, uh, right. in wartime. But, um, but no, man, Rob is just, they, they knew they are just making him the best character on purpose. They want you to love him to death. You know, they, yeah. they, they know what's coming. And it's just, it's so brutal. Well, and know. it's also cool, uh, something I've never really thought about, I don't know why, but the fact that Talisa and Rob's love kind of 
blooms at the same time that John and Egrets does hmm. is kind of awesome. Like I've I've never really thought about the fact that there's like a paralleling. They're both falling in love with a woman that they've they're from different walks of life, and oh, that's you know like I, that takes them away from their duty. He like John wants to go be a wildling now. Rob's like fuck what I said I would do for the phrase. Like I'm gonna marry Talisa. You know like uh they're both abandoning duty for love. Love is the death of duty. Maester Amon was Maester Amon was spitting, bro. He was spitting, but uh, damn. That's the thing, is that if your life is supposed to be duty, whatever, you can just do that forever. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that duty is the right thing? You know, maybe maybe that life mm-hmm. that life with love is your duty, you know. Maybe think about it that way. Maybe the war isn't yeah. your duty. Maybe the war isn't to avenge your father and, and let your you know, just all this family drama drop down onto you. Um so you know, it's all just a game from Theon or it's a game play. God damn. Nah, I love I it. Know. I love it. These but, two uh, love stories though. Oh, there's another uh couple that, that could you know, not as good as John and Egret. I'd no, say Robert, we, we get a lot more really cute. They're cute. Very, tra- still another tragic end, though mm-hmm. very, very arguably more tragic, probably. And you could possibly way have. more tragic. I mean that that was holy shit. I don't think that's actually even close. Yeah, and they actually get married and stuff. Like, there's a lot. There's a, there's there a kid there. A kid. There's a kid in Ooh, there, and it's it, bad. It's bad. Know. It's real bad. Um. So, yeah. Um. Tragic love story, but as, as of right now, oh man, they're awesome. Like he, you know, she comes up to him and it's like, oh, you know, I need supplies, blah blah blah, and like, oh, I shouldn't interrupt. Sorry, but he's like continue my lady and she's like he's like, he's like oh you can interrupt me anytime yeah. she's you like, want you know? and he's like i need you know i need this this and and you know those are pretty easy whatever like, if but I, if i could send to the crag if i could maybe 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 write a list where it's like come with me what about that she's like oh <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like oh dude no i they and the way um, everyone's watching on, like, you fucking... And another thing that is also really important to consider that I always forget uh, in reference to this relationship is that the Northerners, not only is he being taken away from duty, they're also, like, flagrantly racist. And she's from Volantis. Uh, oh, she's they, a foreigner. She's I a didn't foreigner. Even they, don't like, wow. they don't like her because of that. Oh, uh, uh, if she was a white northern girl they'd be like yeah man fuck your duty i don't give a shit you know like or not they would they would be like i don't think this is wise my lord but do your thing you know Uh, or because i guess i guess his mom is more of like you're already promised to someone you made a promise to walter frey you know you can't like hey like watch it you know and i know what's going on here uh you know turns out isn't she is a daughter of Walter Frey, right? Is that what happened? Like, is it like, Talisa? Is it? Is that actually no. like it? I thought for some reason that she lied about where she came from and that she ended up actually being a daughter, and that it actually worked out and they could marry each other. For some no, reason, that's why they die. Oh, so <laughs> oh, 
That makes because they get killed at the Frey house at the at the wedding. Because I knew I knew they are. Ob- Why did I think that she was secretly a Frey daughter for some reason? What twist know. am I confusing it with? There has to be a. T- I don't know. I. Because obviously I know that they all die at the red wedding. I know that that is no, right. that is a memory that has stuck with me for long, long time. But I, I don't know where that is coming from. <laughs> what the fuck? Why did I think she was a Frey daughter secretly? Wow. Yeah. No. Makes way more sense that she's just a foreigner. No. Yeah. The problem is that she is not a Frey daughter. Uh, he marries her anyway, and then the wedding that happens. Has, is uh, Catelyn's brother to one of uh, his daughters. That's the wedding that they're at whenever it happens. Um, and they attended and they were like, yeah, sorry, but we can give you Catelyn's brother. Is that cool? Um, and they're I like, see. that's that's fucking disgusting. We're going to kill all of you. Ah, uh, uh, I see now. The Red Wedding is more clear now. Oh, um, well, and, like, another thing, at some point within the next season, we're going to watch Tywin sit down and write, like, a scroll. They don't show us what's on that scroll, but I'm fairly certain it's him writing to uh, Roose Bolton, like, it's about to go down. Like, we're going to kill these motherfuckers. Um, but, uh, anywho, that night, Jamie, uh is, is joined by Alton Lannister and his little, uh, his little cell, and he talks to him about the best day of his life. When he was 16, he was squiring for him. He's like, it's nice to be a part of something so beautiful, you know? He was a painter, and he only used red. And I was like, oh, you corny motherfucker. I love it. Uh, uh, man. I don't know. And, like, the fact that the squire was like... And and I, I couldn't just go back to my family and tell them what it was like squiring for someone like you. They wouldn't even understand a fucking sentence of what I had to say. And it's like... Hmm. I don't what like what's that about? Like how like why wouldn't you want to be like, hey, you thought I was gonna disappoint our family in front of the family, but actually I was Apparently liked really by good. Jamie and I yeah, did very Jamie well. He's like, you know, and I I can't tell if he actually had this gift, quote unquote, or if he's lulling him so that he can kill him. Um I but, think you know, being like you knew when you were needed, you knew when you you weren't, and uh, that's an important thing. Uh, I never squired for Barristan sell me again. I didn't have your gift. Uh, like uh, that's that's pretty sick though. That story, oh, that um, was- how his entrance, like that's how he became such a you know swordsman. Is he he saw. One of well, the best also, to ever do it. Probably the best to ever do it. Oh, yeah. I love the um, way he put it, too. Like, I couldn't imagine fighting like that back back then. Hmm. Like, yeah. I'm like that now. Best yeah, oh, I totally have that now. I have that. I am like that. I, um, I am him. Uh, but, yeah, I absolutely loved it. But, ultimately, he kills Alton, luring the guard, Torrin Karstark. And then he kills Torrin Karstark, uh, freeing himself and uh unfortunately he uh, for for Jamie he is very quickly caught and returned with Lord Rickard Karstark one of the more notable nobles of the north uh being like yeah i'm going to kill this guy sorry uh bring me his this head this interaction was actually kind of cool like oh it's really good because rob's already taken off it's up to catlin apparently to keep everyone at bay like she is now in command apparently uh Mm-hmm. And she has to 
argue for Jamie's life. Like, uh, and that's another great thing about Catelyn is that like, I was tempted to go with Catelyn and Michelle Fairley, you know, like for, for performance and character because she was so damn good here. You know, he's car Stark is like, he killed my son. And she's like, he crippled mine. Best believe I want his ass dead, but yeah. we can't do that. Not until Rob's back, you know, ask mm-hmm. him. And he's like, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be demanding his head. And she's like, it's not wise to make demands of a king. And, uh, Car Stark's head will be will be off his shoulders before long. Uh he who passes the sentence shall swing the sword. And Rob passes a sentence and swings a sword. Um Yeah. Pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. And, and I mean I don't know. I really I, I see where the dude's coming from, you know. But like he has to recognize that they've been keeping him a prisoner there for a reason. They, they haven't killed him for a very specific reason, you know. I guess at that point he's like, fuck it. They've The whole point that they're fighting the war is because they affect they affected the Stark family and have their daughters and killed Ned, so that's why they're fighting. You know, they're fighting for Rob for that. But now that his family's affected, he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm throwing everything out. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's not anything to me anymore. This war is, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Man, yeah, it's, I don't know. That's just war, I you know, I guess. That's why this show's just so good is because you don't get these situations anywhere else other than war. Like, mm-hmm. literally, like, you, you do not see this in, like, um, I don't know. It's I wish war was still fought with swords. Well, not really, but it would it would make for a lot less deaths. Um, yeah. but but uh, I don't know. Yeah, this it's the it's next, heating up. It is heating up. Yeah, the next part's when the shit really gets good. When Jamie explains about why he did what he did, why he's the Kingslayer, honor and loyalty are naive at best, hypocritical at worst, and he's like, and you know. I've only ever been with Cersei. So in a way, I'm more honorable than your old bitch ass Ned Stark. Uh oh, Catelyn's yeah. like, Brienne, give me your fucking sword. And he was like, How did it feel when honorable old Ned came back to Winterfell after he fucked? You know, the way he like emphasized, like mm-hmm. after he fucked some Another old, woman. Yeah. He fucks and came back with some bastard. Did you, oh, did you, you know, pretend to love that child? Oh, and, oh man. Like, he was. What I love is that this is like a dichotomy between Jamie and Cersei where they are both finally getting honest about what, what's going, what happened, like mm-hmm. who they are, what they're into. Uh, and one is from a pure place of vulnerability of like, uh, I, I need to talk to you about this. I feel terrible about what's happening. And Jamie's like, Fuck it, man. I love what's happening. I want you to kill me. I think it's more of like, I think I am going to say, I think I'm like, in my mind, Jamie is trying to write his death right now. Mm -hmm. He's saying everything he can to try to get Catelyn to kill him. Like everything he can. So he's like, fuck it. If I'm, if I'm dying right here. Yeah. He starts the scene with like this. I I think this is my last night on earth. Yeah, because he escapes. You know, he, he that, that there's a whole point. He knew he'd get captured again. He and he's like, if I do escape, fuck it, I escape and cool. But if I'll probably get captured and I'll die. I don't know. He 
I think he made that decision. Um, hey, we're about to start the. This is where Brienne and Jamie meet. Mm. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Him being like, "Where'd you get this beast? Uh, mm. You're gonna, you're gonna fall in love with that beast, okay, mm-hmm. Jamie? Fuck, mm-hmm. fuck you, dick." Oh, uh, but man, he he got the performance of this episode. It's nice having like Cersei and Jamie. It's really weird. I would never feel like, ah, oh, it's nice having Cersei and Jamie together. But like for this episode, it like Cersei actually it. was nice. Yeah, they they fucking rocked it. So, um, yeah, he he got my performance. Uh, I for it. I mean, he just was on the whole time. I felt like he was on screen for a lot, long, mm-hmm. like for a long time too. Um, it felt like, but um. Man, we haven't even gotten to the wall yet? Holy fuck. No, that's where we wow. are now. That's where Jeez. we are now, in fact. Uh, Man. We see Jon Snow waking up, uh, spooning Egret, the legs slung over the top of her and everything. I'm like, man, this is this is some real shit. And uh, well, so he's, got, he's got a little morning, got a little morning wood going, and uh, Egret delivers my favorite line of the episode. Did you pull a knife on me in the night? Uh and he like gets. A, I like the way that they both wake up at like the same time, and he like realizes that he's he's hard, and he's like, oh, oh god, oh god. No. And then she, and she <laughs> she's uh, like, you put a knife on me in the night, and he like gets up and freaks out, and he's like, sorry. I mean, uh, she just keeps going. She knows John is like this is one of the most prude people in the Game of Thrones universe that there is. Virgin, like you're it, a virgin. That's is he though? He, like he's like he yeah never fucked. He, I thought, oh, the story that him and Sam told was him almost. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And then he could. Okay, so fair. Um, but I don't know. It was just she was not like letting it up. Like, don't call them that. What stones? Your stones and your bone. <laughs> Neither. Uh, both. both. He's, you know, he doesn't I know how to it. like. Uh, you know how to answer and and. Uh, Neither. Uh, both. God. I almost went with Kit Harrington. Like there were a lot of just almosts in this one where I was like, oh man, they're all so fantastic. But uh they go on and on arguing about freedom, his oaths and invading lands and such, and he's like uh he tells you, you know, my father was Ned Stark. I have the blood of the first men in men in my veins. And then why uh, are you like, fighting us? Yeah. Then why are you that fighting That line right there. I don't know. Is that line Better than you know nothing, Jon Snow? There are a few lines in this episode that are actually better than the classics. Like, you know nothing, Jon Snow, is the obvious, like, yeah, we're gonna go, one of us is going with you know nothing, Jon Snow. That's a guarantee. Um, And I guarantee you, that line's better than, did you pull a knife on me in the night? You know, like, it's it's all, like, it's favorites, you know? It's not best. Um, because there are a few lines in this episode that are fucking good. Uh, and in Karth and here specifically, yeah. where I, did those stand out? But uh, it was interesting seeing her reaction to Ned Stark being John's father because she was kind of like, she was like, "Whoa, hold on a second. Like, I don't know. Like, I she was very taken. So like, she knows who Ned Stark is. Like, the Wildlings know everything because of Mance Raider, right?" Or yeah, like the wildlings know Mance Raider, and they know a lot of the uh, they know a lot of crows. Or ben not Mance Raider is Mance Raider their current king? Yeah, Mance Raider's the okay. king. Okay, so the yeah, king beyond yeah. the wall. Okay, uh, but he, the first ranger of the Night's Watch, is somebody they know, and the first ranger is Benjen Stark. 
So they're like, oh, she's like, oh shit, you're the nephew of the first ranger. Like you are. That's you how are, she knows. Is Benjamin just, Benjamin's cool with the white? Like. Doubt it. No, like uh, they hate, they hate that motherfucker. Uh, and oh. that's why, that's why she's like, oh, like I could probably, I could probably. I see. If I bring you in, this is going to be fucking huge. You know, you're. you're I fuck. see now. So uh, like. So Mance Raider, he was, I guess, I, I want to get like his, he was a member of the Night's Watch and then he deserted, was like, deserted, was like, fuck it. And then just, how did he gain his power? Like, do we know that yet? Or is it like explained later at all? Or like, do we no, know? I, I I can't remember how much it's explained. I think we get a little bit of him explaining how he united them. Like he, he I think he just makes it clear that there's a threat in the North. We mm. all need to band together. And leave, uh, pretty much. Like I think that's just kind of it. Uh, but anywho, uh, she states that the animosity of the Southerners towards the Wildlings is arbitrary. You know, you just put up a wall and decided that's that's that land was yours. And uh, she continues to be like, "Oh, so you're a virgin? Uh, you you never fuck nothing. Uh, you want to fuck me? That'd be cool. Like you're really hot. You're really pretty. All the all the ladies back at camp would scratch each other's eyes out trying to fuck you." Uh, you're scared, huh? You're scared of the. You're scared of this pussy. This pussy doesn't uh, have teeth. She's yeah, like, doesn't have teeth. It's wool. Yeah, man. And, and she was like, man, you are boring, dude. You you suck, man. You like, are dull, man. You were out here beyond the wall. You have no one around us, and you're still not even gonna fuck. Like, damn, dude, you suck. Loser. Um, get, yeah. Loser. But, yeah, but she uh she escapes after that, pulling him to the ground and leads him into an ambush. And she says, "You should have taken me while you had the chance." Uh, fantastic, fantastic. And I like that John was even a little tempted a few seconds ago. He's like, "Right here in the middle of nowhere, it's so cold and stuff." Uh, <laughs> if I, she'd have gone, yeah, he'd have probably been like, "So okay." I'm assuming. She's saying all this because she knows her people are pulling up. Like she hears, like she she knows, you know, and like, um, I don't know. Or like, uh, do you think do you think this. she's actually like? No, yeah, for sure. If she can get a fuck out of this, she's down. Uh, she's not. <laughs> okay, so she's, she's not she's just like. She's oh yeah, truth. like she, when she says you should have taken me when you had the chance. Like she's like, I would have fucked you right now, knowing that all these people were surrounding us, like waiting to jump out. Like uh, I swear. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's she, a what she was if. Like, I'm definitely going to take you in, but if we could have sex, that would also be cool. That what if would have been insane. They would have fucked. Everyone would have seen it. Do you think she would have killed him and been like, damn, I fucked and killed uh, Jon Snow, the nephew of Benjen Stark? Or do you think she fucks him and then captures him and t gives him to Mance Raider? Oh, I think she still gives him to Mance Raider. I think she goes about the plan exactly how she went about the plan. She just would have had sex with him first. Uh, regardless... Eager is my favorite character of the episode. She like deserved. I mean, I more for like just the pure comedy and pure enjoyment from them. Like the relationship was awesome. She was just hilarious. Like everything that she she was coming back and saying, like, "Hey, the boys tell me that your stones start to hurt whenever you don't, you know, for a while." Uh, I don't know if it's true or they're just telling me, and that's how they want me to, you know, make me feel bad for blah. Like everything she was just saying was was so good. Um. And I don't know her. 
just coming out on top, you know, at at the end, just being like, yeah, you should have taken me while you had the chance, and and where where they go from here is is I think this is like her real jump off point here. Like oh, she I was inter- introduced, yeah, last episode and everything. We got her, uh, but we got her iconic line. We got you her nothing, and, John Schmier. Uh, we got her this episode. Yeah, we did get Egret. So. We got Egret, but uh, yeah, it's a good choice. That's a good choice. But that does conclude Beyond the Wall, and it takes us to Karth where Daenerys is still desperate to find her dragons and Ser Jorah Mormont returns. And I love the way she's like, uh, you came back. And he's like, as soon as I heard, you know, like, uh, they're, I, he, he is, he, I don't know. I used to think he was more of just like simp, you know, like whenever I was first watching the show, because that's like just what my friends would call him or like, and everything while they watched it too. But now, like now, I don't know. Like, He's just, he sees the power that she has, the change mm. that she can make, and like, and he also loves her. So it's like, okay, I, I don't care about the simp, whatever. Like, he is just loyal to her. Oh, and, yeah. 100%. Like, it's, um, and it's, uh, it's unconditional, too. She doesn't have to love him back. And nope. she doesn't, you know, she makes that clear again. Uh, you know, uh, he tries to grab her shoulder and she's like, you're too familiar. Get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here. Find my dragons. And he's yeah. like, will do. He just yeah, he's like, stuff. yeah, he's like, work. trust me. And she's like, there it is. You want me to fucking trust you? Who do I trust? I can't trust anybody. And he's like, just let me help you. Just tell tell me how. You know, he's like, just give me anything. Yeah. Find my dragons. I will give you instantly. the fucking world. I mean, instantly. She said, find my dragons. Instantly, that Left. man walked out. Yeah. I mean, he was on a mission. And who the fuck is this mask? This is the last appearance of this masked lady. Yep. You're telling me we this never is see it. her again. We never this see Quaith again. She's tattooing a naked lady, and she somehow knows where Daenerys' dragons are. And fucking what? Who the fuck is she? What? Who? Jack and Hagar? My uh, my other. Like theory is like, does she? She's Quaith of Ashai, and Ashai is where the Red Woman is from. You know, like, is there something with like the the? Oh, we we also theorized that it was the the bitch that beat up Arya. That is, Quaith. uh, yeah, the Waif, Waif, Waif. That's right, Quaith Waif. Um, yeah, that could be cool if it's. That but could like, be cool. what? How does she? <laughs> How does she no know idea. everything that she knows? And Jorah is just like, Jorah goes up to her. Like, that's the thing. Daenerys says, find my dragons. That's the first thing on da- on Jorah's mind. He needs to find Daenerys' dragons now. And he goes to her. Instantly. That's the yeah, first. A couple episodes ago, he was like, someone, she was like, someone will try to steal her dragons. Protect them. Uh, and it's like, but like, Jorah knew her before, too? Right, like they've no. known each other. So, like the first time that was their that was their first interaction. What the fuck is this person? What? What? There is some. There could be like a really simple explanation to this too, because uh, in the books, whenever there's no like, I invoke Sumai, she gets met outside the the gates of karth and they're like we're not gonna let you in no they just let her in um 
in, in the books and the people who come and greet her, they go to her out in the red waste and then guide her there. They don't, they don't wait for her at the walls of Karth. The people who come and greet her are Zaro Zoandoxus, Piat Pri, the Warlock, and Quaith. It's those three. It's the Masked Lady and the two people who betray her. Uh, so, like, uh, there's the possibility that she just knows what their plan is and is like, I don't agree with what they're about to do, so I won't take part in it, and I'll let you know what's about to happen. Maybe that was Zero. What's his what? Zaro Zoandoxus. Zaro Zoandoxus's previous wife. Ooh. I like this. And his whole life is a lie. Everything. Everything that man says. Shall we look inside my vault and you tell me that there's anything your dragons could not buy me that I couldn't already afford? You know, fuck you. Everything that that thing or that man says is a lie. And he said, what did he say what happened to his previous wife? Uh, They died or they they split up or like, yeah. So the gods saw fit to take her away from him or something like that. Yeah. So that's my headcanon for now, uh, I guess. They're just, uh, they're in cahoots. And so, oh, that's how she knows. Yeah. They're, maybe they're not previous wife, maybe still a thing, but have to be in secret. Actually kind of cool. Gives gives kind of a cool aspect to their story. Not going to lie, still fuck that guy a little, pretty much. But I mean, that's the thing. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, and he, I mean, that's pretty sick. That's a pretty cool up, like upcoming of a Quaith story. is like way out of Zaro's and Doxus's lead, though. I, I can't even see her face, but I can just tell. Just the vibe she's got. Yeah. Way, way out of his league. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Didn't think but, about uh, this. Nevertheless, right. nevertheless, Jorah finds Daenerys in the company of Kavaro pleading the Council of the Thirteen to find her dragons, and uh, the warlock Pyapri is like, uh, I will take you to them in the House of the Undying. Uh, and she's like, you have my dragons. He's like, yes, I sure do. I wanted to keep them safe. You can come see them whenever you want. Uh, and he's like, I-, I made a deal with the King of Karth. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you <laughs> talking about? The, the King, King of, of Karth. <laughs> what a and then the King of Karth concept. walks up. It's Zaro, and he's like, yep, that's me. What's up, motherfuckers? Yeah, we're working together. Woo! That was and, the other uh, half of the deal. What's up? You guys are too lazy to make change. You see dragons and aren't doing shit. See, yep. I mean, and honestly. It's like, I'm going to make 11 of me, and I'm going to kill all of you. Slits a bunch of throats. Really scary. What the fuck is this dude on? How does he do this? I have no idea. It's whatever they drink. It's, right, the moonshine, moon, whatever. The, I don't uh, know. The nightshade. Night shade. Something. Something Shade like of the evening. Night. It's a combination of shade, night, moon, and evening. Something like that. Um, yeah. Combine those words. Not all of them, but some of them together. Moon and there night. You go. Um, yeah. Moon night. They drink moon night, and they have the powers of moon night. Um, and yeah. one that we haven't seen before is that he has multiple personalities, but what he doesn't know yet is that he can actually just Split take him actually out of his body. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, he has as many as he wants. Yeah. No. Well, That's what's actually. also interesting to me is that like they're clearly not like real. Yeah, because like, they whenever they get stabbed, it poof. He just Obi Wan Kenobi. Obi Wan Kenobi in A New Hope. Just yeah, like gone. I mean, you know, maybe maybe the hate on Zaro Zon Doxis. Did I say that right? Um, yeah. Zoan Zaro 
Zaro Zoen Doxus. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the hate on him was a little too quick. Because actually, now that I think of his story, someone who came from nothing and just kind of like that's what Parasite's all about. You know, they they faked a Harvard di- diploma. You know, they faked their way yeah, to right, right, right. I mean, look what happened to him. Whatever. But like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like in that world. Uh, if you want to play the game, he played the game. He got. He is the king of Karth now, um, undisputed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only got the the what's the king, house of the undying guy's name? Piet Pri. Piet Pri. Yeah. Is it like the Piet Pri or is his name Piet? His name Pri? is Piet Pri. Piet Pri. Um. Yeah, I don't know this dude. There's a lot of magic in the show that they just. But it's just there. The dark magic that killed Call and Daenerys's baby, pretty much. That we, that never explained. No, uh, yeah, this this magic. magic uh, the I Red love. Woman's magic, really. You know, like, it's just there. Just believe, you know. It just it's, exists. It's just Deal there. with it. And I like uh, that. I like yeah. that a lot. It's It makes it a lot more fun to watch and easy to watch. I, I really enjoy it. But ultimately, Pyatt's like, come to the House of the Undying, please. It's only $5 for admission. Uh, he's really but, just a spokesperson for the house of the undying because yeah. i like that's all i remember of this guy is that how many times he says just the come to the, the house undying. of the undying it's like oh my god dude just jerkaris already you know just burn already oh wow, uh, fucking um, piet pre but that does conclude the episode <clears throat> and with that i think we might be ready for a rating i think we are um and you know I think I'm actually higher on last episode than I am this one. Um, not I, by a lot, but yeah, I I, it's not a surefire ten. That's that's the only reason um, is because there was a little hesitation. But it's like it's a nine two five nine five nine. Yeah, I would definitely say this is my second favorite episode of the season yeah. so far. Like uh, um, I'd be willing to go as high as a nine, probably a nine five. If I'm being, I honest. like it. Oh. Yeah, I like. I mean. Um, I think last episode just had, I don't know, it just, it felt more grand, more suspenseful, more, just more, I don't know, this one, it's just a different feel, it's more laid back, relaxed, I don't know, not, I don't, I don't know, it's just a different kind of feel of the episode, but still, so little happened, but so much happened at the same time, yeah. I don't know how they do it, I don't know how they do it, I just can't explain it in words. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, I think I think I like nine five. All right, yeah. genre wise, I'm at a ten. Yeah, it's, I don't know just, how it's yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones. That Game of Thrones best. Yeah, um, I don't think there's any debate there. No Sumai needed. Uh, I, yeah. I can't. I don't know. I really want to invoke Sumai, but I don't think it's it'll it'll be rare. That you can't we'll, just throw that I, around, you know. Yeah, it'll be. And that's the thing. We don't really disagree a whole lot either. No, yeah, I think Game of Thrones it'll be used less than it will in comic book movies and True. stuff. Uh, and who knows? Maybe come season eight, I'm a little bit of a season eight apologist. Uh, maybe, maybe come that time, I'm like, nope, I make, I save all three of them for season eight and invoke Sumai on one of my yeah. episodes. Don't worry about episode end. three because episode three is perfect. You don't have yeah. to worry about that. Um, so if you have, th- yeah, I mean, you could basically make season eight a. Could be half, half of it could be perfect. Yeah, I guess we'll only one category. Yeah, yeah, one you can one make category. one episode if you want. Unless I want to for one episode for one episode. <laughs> Whoa. Get the full say. Whoa, I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that for, are we doing Sumai for each, three Sumais for each project or three Sumais for the no, year? No, per, per project. Per okay, project. Okay, 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 okay. Um, um but, hmm. Critically. critically, I really enjoyed the way this, this episode looked. I thought it was really, really nice to look at. I thought that it was really written extremely well, performed extremely well. I'm sitting pretty high on this one. Like maybe I think I'm north of nine. Uh nine, yeah. maybe nine two five. Okay. I think I'm there. Yeah. I mean th- I think it was just either as made just as well made as last episode or a little bit better. So Yeah, because um, I thought like the, the Tyrion and really stood out in a different or... way. Like I thought the lighting in this episode was incredible. Like because another thing that just just for some reason this episode stuck out to me was like the landscapes they were in. It was just like wow, yeah, you are you're there. You know, like mm-hmm. north of the wall, they are in a. When you see the distance go off for miles, they're in that place. That's not a green screen that we're seeing, and it's it's just mm. crazy how much of an effect that has on the final product. The way it yeah. looks, it's just so much better. It's just better, uh, and it makes it, it feel so just good. so much more real because it is real. That's the thing. It just it. I don't know. The only like fake shit in this movie is whenever we get that another beautiful shot of Heron Hall from like above zoomed in through Tywin's window. You remember that shit? Like that was super cool and they didn't build Heron Hall, but like uh mm. like that shit was so man. fucking cool. Uh, and they man. The I'm glad the show had a just a fuck ton budget. Like I'm glad. Me too. I am because man, they just they saw what George R. R. Martin wrote and they were like, Yup, we can give millions and millions of dollars to this. Let's do it. And thank God it worked, and they just kept pumping it out. Um, because man, yeah, that's nine six seven. IMDb gave it a a eight eight. This episode, so basically a nine. Yeah, we're we're pretty much right on critically, uh, with IMDb there. Um, but let's see, is that the? Wait a minute. Oh. Oh, never mind. I'm wrong. I just didn't put in the critic. What did we give it critically? Or I think we, we put a nine two five. I pushed yeah, it okay. for us. Okay, so nine five eight actually is our overall. So about a nine point six. Um, which let's see, second best of the season, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Second best of the season, third best episode Pretty of the show overall with episode six, a golden crown, um, which is cool. That's um, the third. Um, yeah, some incredible and, episodes here at the end of season two, and like it's also a... ties with the premiere of House of the Dragon. Okay, so Ball. there you go. Uh, got some some good company um, that it's with. So yeah, yeah. Then and we got that, three episodes. Holy fuck! Got two episodes. We're two episodes away from Blackwater. Like yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we're almost done with season two. We have three episodes left in the season. The Prince uh, of Winterfell? Oh, shit. I don't even want to think about what happens. I'm just going to let it happen. I don't even remember, <laughs> really. Uh, okay, yep. Nope. Don't even want to think. Prince of Winterfell. Don't even just, want to think. Black, what, that's, I really, the only big thing I know that happens is Blackwater. Yeah, that's pretty huge, too. 
I also loved uh, we we talk about the title of the episode and how it's kind of how indicative it can be of the episode. This one is one of the best. A mm-hmm. uh, man without honor could be Theon, could be Jamie, could like uh it, it it could be pretty much any fucking guy. Zaro Zomandoxus and Pyat Pre, uh Tywin. Uh, it could be Damn. it could be anybody. It's a pretty incredible episode title, so I really liked that. Um. But yeah, with that, I think we'll conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. We'll be back next week for Season 2, Episode 8, The Prince of Winterfell. Uh, tomorrow, I believe, we are doing The Last of Us Episodes 4 through 6. That's coming up. Uh, or it, it happened, and it's time to talk about it. We'll be doing that tomorrow, Episodes 4 through 6 of The Last of Us. Wednesday, we will continue coverage of The Bad Batch, uh, with Episodes 9 and 10 being covered this Wednesday. Um, Thursday. What do we decide on for Thursday? What's Thursday? Um, it is Mandalorian. Ah, yes. Mandalorian season three predictions along with a little star Mm. Wars ranking up to this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Friday we continue our comic book journey through film with Batman 89. If I'm not mistaken, we'll be joined by Blaine Rezach, who has a nice, a uh, little podcast going on now changed since when we recorded that episode, but uh, now it's all paranormal focused. They tell stories about ghosts and stuff, which is really fun. Dang, um, that's kind of sick. Batman 89 coming out. And we got Michael Keaton returning. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good timing. Um, it's good timing. Wow. Yeah, but good. Uh, yeah, if you would head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod, where you find over 50 hours of exclusive content. We are certainly going to be covering Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania sometime very soon. And it will be available over there. Uh, and for three bucks a month, you get access to that and all fucking basically, I think it's a hundred episodes plus of, of exclusive shit over on patreon.com slash penny bloom pod. Follow on Twitter at penny bloom pod. Follow on Instagram at penny bloom podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you are listening. Um, I was Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace. Love and bloom, and you know nothing, John Schnur. <laughs>